Welcome back to Found in Estonia podcast. Today I have a really special guest, Iverson, who comes from Hong Kong. And he's been living in Estonia for four years. And he's also the last special guest in the Found in Estonia summer series, where I talk with my guests both in English and in Estonian. So right now we're speaking in English. And then later on, we're going to switch to Estonian. And then you're going to hear how fluent he is actually in Estonian as well. And we're going to find out how is that possible. <laughs> so let's start off. And uh, hi, Iverson. Can you tell us a bit about your story? How did you end up in Estonia? Yeah, hello, Dina. Uh, thank you for the introduction. Hello, everyone. Uh, so basically, the whole story uh, pre-Estonia, uh, it was actually spoken in a TEDx talk. I did a TEDx talk about like this whole Ooh. European journey. But then I will keep it very short. So basically, in 2015, I uh, went for an exchange in Denmark. Uh, I went to a city called Aarhus. I studied international journalism. Uh, for the six months exchange, I basically traveled to like 21 European countries. I went to European Union institutions for interviews and study trip. And then, um, I, I realized that Europe is actually my future, my place where I want to live. So at that time, uh, out of those uh, 21 countries, um, I, I didn't visit Estonia. I think Estonia was like one of the very few countries I, I did visit back then. So. Um, there was also another X factor was that I went to Eastern Ukraine in Donetsk for a journalistic project, uh, during my exchange time in Denmark. So I think like all these things, uh, added up like right after I came back to Hong Kong. So, uh, in university in Hong Kong, I was about to finish up my, uh, last year. And then because I, I always hang out with my international, uh, student friends. Uh, so out of the friends, like there were some people from Estonia and that's why I knew about the country. I heard about the stories about Estonia, how good, how amazing and how, how interesting the language is. And therefore I decided to visit Tartu in 2016, um, after a study trip in Brussels, uh, due to Brexit and then, uh, Hong Kong and other things. Uh, so after visiting Brussels, I spent a few days in Tartu and other cities in Estonia. And then I realized that this is my destiny and this is the place where I feel I belong to. Wow. This is your destiny. That's, a st that's <laughs> quite strong words. Yeah. And after visiting so many different countries. So what gave you that feeling in Tartu that this is your destiny? Uh, first and foremost, I would say, uh, it was exotic because uh, when I visited the, uh, 21 European countries, mostly they were, uh, sent to an Eastern European countries. And also I went to Latvia and Lithuania, uh, also like Eastern Europe and Ukraine and Russia and so on. But then I never managed to go to the Estonia. Like even I, I went to some cities in, in Finland, I went to Tapere, I, I was in Helsinki and so on. I was in Nokia, but then I never managed to go to Estonia. So I think it was kind of like, okay, this is the country I've never been. And then I heard about the languages and so exotic and that's why like in general it gives me a feeling that okay why not and then let, let's give it a try and then talk to the professors in the universities and see whether uh it fits my research interests in academia and so on so i gave it a go wow okay that's really cool so you came here to study in the in Tartu university yeah exactly so i i did uh my master's in eu uh, russia studies in Tartu university um, eu what was it? Russia. EU, Ru Russian Russia. studies. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So why would you come to Estonia to study about Russia? Why not go do Russia directly? <laughs> yeah. I think you're the second person asking me about that. So <laughs> good job is like for four years, I think like no people would actually ask and like most of them, they were asking like, so what does it mean? Like you Russia? Okay. okay. So basically, um, Estonia is a very um, interesting uh, let, let's put it this way, it's this like a strategic location where uh, you have the border with Russia at the same time, you want to be Nordic and you're so connected with Finland, with Denmark and then Sweden, you know, Sweden because of, of the, uh, empirical period and then Finland because of two graphical proximity and Denmark because of the Danish flag. So I think it is a very good, uh, <laughs> profile for me because like, obviously I wasn't going to Ukraine for studies. Uh, it was a bit complicated and then not Russia because of the. 
uh, the governance. And then I, I believe that Estonia will give me more, uh, diverse, uh, research interests. So like in general, like living alive in Estonia is like a mix between the Nordic countries, the Baltic states, European culture, Russian, a little bit Russian culture. So I think it's a mix of everything and that's why I chose Estonia. Okay, that's really cool. It's really cool to hear that Estonia is a mix of everything. And at the same time, I feel like this is what gives a lot of people the feeling that it's so hard to express what is true Estonian because it is a mix of everything, like mix of the Russian influences, mix of this northern uh, influences, mix of this American TV music and UK and then all the different places. And so how different for you is uh, living in Estonia versus to your previous living environment in Hong Kong and in other countries where you've been? Uh, let's talk about Hong Kong first. So okay. the thing about Hong Kong is that it's too crowded 24 seven, uh, that it, it is one of the most, uh, densely popular, populated places on earth. If you go to some oh districts in Hong Kong, then, then you will find it crazy. Like how people can just like keep walking when you, when you stop in the streets, yeah, people will feel like, uh, so pissed because you're, you're like, you know, like slowing down the pace of life, you know, like making the, the meetings delayed and so on. So everyone is like, you know, work has to bust the 24 seven and, uh, Hong Kong is a city that never sleeps. And that's why like you see people on the street, like at three or four o'clock. Wow. If you go to Tallinn, three or four o'clock, okay. Some people were drinking, but then it's not like, you know, crowded that like, you can still see like a lot of people walking on the street in Hong Kong. So I would say like that population density is a very big difference and it changes, uh, how you, you live your life regarding the pace in Hong Kong is quite fast. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say Estonians are so slow because it's like a stereotype, but then actually in the sense that yeah. it's a little bit slower because when you have to finish a sentence in Estonian and you know, it takes a lot of time to, to rub it out. So, so in a way, I think it's correct to say like Estonians, Estonians are relatively slow. Um, and mm -hmm. then the third one, I would say it's more philosophical, um, Hong Kong's more, uh, materialistic, uh, because in Hong Kong, we don't have, let's say, uh, right. We have, um only 25% uh, places for, for a residential area. And then we have actually huge country paths on the, on the mountains, but then we don't really have a forest per se. Like we, we don't, we don't do things like media nets and like we don't go to the forest <laughs> and if you count that we, we don't have that. It doesn't exist. It's not part of our belief system. Um, and then I think in Estonia, uh, you guys have more uh, connections with, with the, with the bog, with, with the forest and like with the trees and with like all these, you know, natural properties. I find it amazing that, um, human relations with the nature is so close in Estonia. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was, or it wasn't the case in the Lithuania or Latvia, but then at least in Estonia, I, I can feel that. So, so I think it is completely opposite to Hong Kong, even though in Hong Kong, we still go hiking, uh, our mountains are much taller, but then, but then mm. it's, it's not really how we live. Like in general, we have the nature in a sense, but then it's so different from that of Estonia. Wow. That's so cool to hear that, uh, that Estonian times such a strong connection with nature. How is your connection here with nature? How often do you go to, to the nature in Estonia? Yeah. Um, it's very sad to say, I, I said a lot about the spiritual life, but then, um, because I, I live in that for two years or so. And then within those two years, I was like spending six months in Russia. So, uh, I was actually having like kind of like urban life in that you, you think about like, uh, the amount of nature in that compared to other, other places in Estonia, then actually it doesn't make a huge difference. So I would say, um, because I also live in Thailand for two years already. Um, uh, so I, I do spend, uh, more and more time uh, in the nature. If you, if you count it, it soon as the dead, uh, uh, Mesa Park, it's, it's like a, it's like a real forest. And then I, I would go walking like every, every week or, or even more often, uh, during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So. Also, what I didn't ask is besides going to the nature and besides going through the walks and coming here to study, what do you do now in uh, Estonia? 
So basically now I'm a, a columnist uh, at PostMS. So, so if anyone is interested, you can go to PostMS to, uh, the uppermost, the, the opinion piece, you can, you can read my columns every month. And then besides that, uh, this summer I have been working on an interesting project. It's called, uh, the Hong Kong way photo exhibition. And, uh, it was supposed to have like, uh, photo exhibitions of, uh, the Hong Kong way and the Baltic way, um, in, in, in Tallinn, in Riga and in Vilnius. But unfortunately right now we only have uh, Tallinn at Vilnius, but nonetheless, you can still go to the Patere, uh, prison, like, uh, right in front of the prison, you can see the photo exhibition about what is the Hong Kong of way course. and then some historical photos of the, uh, Baltic way in Tallinn at that time. Uh, wow. So what was it like for you actually to grow up in Hong Kong? Oh, it is more or less, like I said, it, there's no personal space. For example, when, uh, when I was in Hong Kong, I, I lived with my parents all the time, like since I was born until I was in university. So the only time I wasn't living with my parents was the time when I, uh, when I lived in Denmark for a change semester. So, so basically I, I lived in the living room. I've got like a tiny working desk and then on top of the working desk is my my bed so so you can imagine like how how crowded it is to live in hong kong and the second thing is and i'm not sure if it is personal or like for hong kongers as well and uh, i do i do get lost uh, quite frequently in hong kong in the small streets because uh google Maps sometimes doesn't help with your you know like all this like navigation if you have i don't know like for example um I don't need some mentions of, uh, let's say it in the, in the old town, you have got like hundreds of small streets. Let's let, let put it this way. Like, um, in Hioma, you have, um, you have like, dozens of, of tattoos, uh, and then, and then you have to look for like really tiny pathway to go through some restaurants or like secret underground bars or whatever you can think of or shops. So I, I think, you know, Hong Kong is more like, um, it is, it's like a modern jungle. It's kind of like a jungle with a lot of beauty. So I, I think. This is a kind of amazing feeling that, you know, you know, being a person living in a small territory of Hong Kong, and then you realize that after living there for 20 years, you can still get lost quite frequently. And I think that's a feeling about it. And then, uh, the third thing is that, um, just like a lot of stereotypes think about Asians, I think Hong Kongans are very, uh, competitive, um. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you really mm -hmm. Google it, actually, uh, according to some articles, they said like Hong Kongers have the highest uh, intelligence quotient. So I think uh, they all come from, you know, the exam results because people keep studying in their first uh, 17 years of their oh, lives. Yeah. And then like, do, and, and when they start going to university, they go partying crazy, right? Uh, so basically, yeah, I think it's about the personal space, about the complexity of the city, uh, and the competitiveness of like every single Hong Kong. I wouldn't say every single, but more like an average Hong Kong out there, like so competitive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard that, that, that is a stereotype <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For me though, since uh, a few years ago, I lived in New York and I worked there. Then one of my coworkers was also originally from Hong Kong. And she had come to study in New York and stayed there. So she was talking about a little bit about her background as well. So this uh, stereotype is like, for me, it's already like fading a bit. <laughs> but, and she was super nice. And one of the things that she told me about Hong Kong that I didn't know before was that bubble tea comes from Hong Kong. And I'm a big bubble tea fan. So is it true? And uh, uh, what else comes from Hong Kong or what should we know about Hong Kong? Well, you see that that's the thing, like Estonia and Hong Kong are so different, but similar in the sense that you can't really name a thing that is like historically originally from Hong Kong, because Hong Kong is a blend of like, uh, East Asian cultures and then also British influence as well as like European, um, culture as well. So if you talk about bubble tea, actually, uh, from what I understand, it's is actually okay. from Taiwan and, and since I was oh, a kid, oh, um, yeah. I actually learned about this from uh, Taiwan sure. and Hong Kong. Oh, by the way, uh, just like not the commercial, but uh, we are going to have some Hong Kongers opening a bubble tea shop in Tallinn. So if you don't buy, you know, just have a look. It's like not far that. away from Tallinn University. There's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, and, um, you're right. Uh, yeah. I mixed it up. I meant uh, Taiwan. <laughs> no. <laughs> so about the, let's say some special dishes in Hong Kong. I, I would say it's so interesting, for example, um, in Europe, you would see a lot of uh, so-called Hong Kong restaurants, 
but they're either Vietnamese or Thai or I don't know, like somewhere in Southeast Asia. So they're not really from Hong Kong. Um, but then in Hong Kong, we have a dish called uh, Singapore fried noodles. And actually okay. it, it has nothing to do with Singapore. And I think somehow it, it pisses off the Singaporean thing. Like, why would you name it a Singaporean fried noodles? It's not Singaporean. And if this is like how we understand it, you know, okay, it's like, you know, Singaporean stuff, a little bit spicy and fried noodles. And then we got it. And I think it's, it's something really hot hot. And in, in addition to that, I would say milk tea is actually also some, something very Hong Kong. It's because, um, if you know about like tea with milk is actually so British, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but then because of, of, you know, all this East Asian influences and no, well, or you put it Chinese influence that, uh, we, we do it quite differently. Uh, we have like a different procedure, for example, uh, they would put it like on a filter, uh, and it's more like the ladies socks you know like the black socks like for for opens and then they look like that and then we, we call them you know the lady socks uh milk tea yeah, lady socks in milk tea what yeah. <laughs> no because like they, they put it like on a filter and the filter uh-huh. looks like you know lady socks uh-huh. yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then so, um, that that i think that would be one of that and then another one is actually uh the eight waffles i think it's quite popular these days in, in european capitals Eight waffles. It's like waffles, eight but waffles. they look like eight. Ah, oh, you mean like the bubbly waffles? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. Okay, we, we call okay. them eight waffles, but any uh, waffles? Okay. It's um, I, I would say it's more like a hipsters thing, not right now in European uh, capitals. For example, in Tallinn, I've seen it quite a lot. Uh, in Berlin, in Vilnius, in, in Riga, I also saw it. Uh, and then in London, they have got like you know eight waffles with uh, ice cream. Oh, by the way, talking about that, we we do have the eight waffles in in the old town, final town. Mm-hmm. So See, I think yeah. there is one place and they sell mm-hmm. bubble tea as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, surely. Yeah, the, I, I, I have seen it. Like, it's just not far away from the train station, uh, the bus station, uh-huh. sorry, the, uh, the main bus station in Tallinn. Uh, so, yeah, um, I would say street foods are, are quite popular in Hong Kong. And then um, in general, there are places like a cafeteria. It's, it's called Cha Chan Tang. It's something interesting because it's not a restaurant. It's not something formal that, you know, you're not going to dress up a suit and tie to go there. And then it's more like you go there for breakfast, you go there for lunch, you, you go there, you know, just hang out with friends. So, so they have a list of things, for example, um, I, I actually, I saw it in Lithuania, they just drink it. It's, it's a mix with, uh, lemon tea and coffee. Lemon I, I don't, tea know, how, I don't okay. know how people could get through it. I, I personally, I, I don't. I haven't I have, tried a lot. I think okay. I tried one or so I have tried coffee with lemon juice a bit, and it didn't yeah. taste good. It was way too sour. So, yeah, yeah. I'm quite curious. Yeah. So, because like in our goal, we call, uh, we call it inyongs for like uh, a mix with like two uh, mythical birds, you know, like the male one okay. and the female one. And, um, and actually, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, how would you, you know, have something sour and then you have something bitter together? Um, what else, uh, we have the, well, it is, it's called, um, it's called iced red bean milk. So it's iced basically milk, milk and okay. red beans. Yeah. Red beans. Oh, okay. Iced red bean milk. Y- yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you Asians have some kind of thing with beans. <laughs> That's my stereotype. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Maybe you can spy Asian smarter in this side. <laughs> With all these beans, you know. Yeah. Um, and what else? Well, exotic, uh, talking about not, not just Hong Kong, but I was saying like Canton is like connected with Southern China as well. Okay. That uh, people would have soup of the internal organs of the snakes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that, not common that, here in Estonia. That's not very common. <laughs> I, I, I regret that I never tried it in my life, but actually I should have done it in my life. Um, and what I was, uh, it's like the tummy of beef, you know, like a beef tummy. It's like a beef stomach. Tummy. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, well, you're not vegan, right? You're not vegetarian. No. <laughs> okay. no. And then you have more choices, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So actually, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Quite a lot. I can, I can tell a lot of fusion. And then, oh, one more thing. Uh, I gave it to my French friend. Like when, when I lived in Russia, I lived with some French. And then I made this, um, it's like uh, Macron with uh, chicken soup. Macron with chicken macaroni, soup. Macaroni, yeah. Macaroni, ah, macaroni. Yeah. Okay. Macaroni, yeah. Like pasta with chicken soup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That seems more like European name, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So funny. So one thing you mentioned that uh, was about the Singapore noodles. Yeah. We actually had uh, Nikki in the episode 22 from Singapore. And she uh -huh. was selling like exactly like you said, that people sell things abroad, naming them Singapore noodles. And there is no such thing in Singapore as Singapore noodles, because there are so many different versions of noodles. <laughs> so that was funny. But speaking about food, how do you like Estonian foods? Oh, I think it it is the less or uh, least welcoming topic that we will discuss because like I can tell anything positive about Estonia except food. But then okay, let, <laughs> let, let let's start with a better note uh, in the beginning that I do like this uh kobobimako. Oh, I like this uh cottage cheese uh cake, cake. if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh well herrings are fine, uh blood sausage are also fine. Rye bread are also fine because I I had rye bread in, in Denmark as well when when I was mm -hmm. a student, uh, yeah. So I think well I I I wouldn't I wouldn't say like it is uh, my all time favorite, but then at least like I don't hate it. I don't I don't hate them in general. Like I but I couldn't give anything positive. Let's put it this way: it's like neutral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. But one more question that I have is like, before you mentioned that you lived with your parents uh, for a long time in back in Hong Kong, and then you moved to Denmark and lived alone for the first time, like, how is it with uh, cooking and food making? Because I know that, for example, in New York, where the apartments are super small and people uh, live in tiny spaces as well, most people don't cook that much at home. They go and eat outside. And I feel like in Asia, there's also like a lot of food places. So... Did you learn to cook in Denmark or, uh, and how do you do Estonian foods now? And like, do you cook them yourself or how is, how is your relationship with food? Oh, the, my relationship with food, it's like anything else is so complicated <laughs> because like to start off, I, I began cooking when I was, I think. 15 or so, because in, in school we had to cook like, it's oh. like, um. So how do you call it? It's like home and design and more than day lives, like an elective course. So you uh -huh. have to make a two or three course meal in school so that you can pass an exam. Wow. So I was making a fried egg with luncheon meat and uh, instant noodles. So basically it's like two course milk <laughs> and then with vegetables, it's like three course already. And then Absolutely. with milk. I, I, I know, not milk, I think it was iced lemon tea because like that is one of my favorite, uh, by the way, in Hong Kong, it's like iced yeah. lemon tea. Yeah, iced basically tea, it's like lemon tea with syrup. Mm -hmm. Wow, but that seems super useful. That thing <laughs> feels so useful to learn to cook in school, like some life skills. <laughs> yeah, so then um, fun incident in, in Denmark was that when... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, basically like in Denmark, I was like making pasta every day and then like with the rye mm -hmm. bread and then, uh, and then there's, uh, there's like this, um, it's called leverkostiking in then Danish and it means some mm -hmm. kind of like, um, uh, how do you call it? It's like the internal organ of, of the beef, but then it's like, ah, it's, I love, love beef. So it's like pork liver. So pork it's just liver. like a, a paste and then you put it on the bread. So I did it for <laughs> breakfast. It was so fulfilling. Uh, and then I, uh, I had fried potatoes, you know, it was like a destiny for the West Stoner. All the things potato related, I actually did it in Denmark. And then, yeah. So the fun incident was like, I, I almost made a, a kitchen burn in, in at six o'clock in the morning. Oh no. Uh, because I was How? like, uh, you know, I, 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 I put the oil on the uh, frying pan and then, um, I was heating it up. I, I don't know what happened to me on, on the, this morning on that, on that morning. It was six o'clock and then, uh, and then it was like burning <laughs> and burning. And then I saw the frame and then uh, I tried to open the window. So it was like almost like catching on fire. So, wow. so the ceiling in the end, it was like, you know, having my legacy, my legendary <laughs> smoked, uh, evidence. Oh. Yeah. 
did the smoke detector went on and like started no 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 no. no somehow i managed to then yeah Okay, yeah, that's good. We, Otherwise, the whole yeah. building would have been pretty upset with you, probably. When yeah, 6 I, I was living with like uh, 15 Danes at that time, uh, like Danish people. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, then I want to know before you came to Estonia, how much did you know about Estonia and what were your expectations and did the reality match your expectations? Well, I heard that. So you can have Wi-Fi in the forests. That is not true, unfortunately. Yeah, it's only data. I don't know why they make this ad or commercial. I know it's because of Estonia, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And then, um, uh, you know, Estonians uh, started coding when they were in kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. Not Not really. I've I've never learned. I didn't oh, okay. went to kindergarten either, so maybe think. <laughs> but yeah. no, I think it's the like the newest generations that start yeah. to. There's some like hobby coding um, after school activity groups I know of, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure about the starting to code like literally from yeah. such a young age. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, what else? Well, less urban life because, you know, Estonia, it's like, I think half of the country is covered by forest, if I'm not mistaken. Half or even more. Yeah. And then, um, I thought, you know, because of the low living price in Estonia, the restaurants were supposed to be cheap, but actually it turns out to be different because you can so Nordic in terms of the price of the restaurants in Estonia. I think that it's a little bit disappointing. Um. And then, well, the last and the most sensitive thing is about, I thought there would be less Russian influence in, in the country, but actually, because it turns out to be more, and I live in uh, Mustamai, I, I, I went to Lhasamai or when I went to Nyanfad, you know, some regions are actually quite influenced by the Soviet legacy or like the Russian legacy. And yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I can actually speak Russian, so. How is it that you can speak Russian? Yeah, uh, as I, as I mentioned, like uh, six years ago, uh, I oh, went yeah, to Donetsk in, uh, uh-huh. in Eastern Ukraine. So at that time, I could only say like Pajalista, Spaziba, and then I was so ashamed because I went to the war zone without knowing the language at that region. Uh, so after that, and, and also because my, my best friends were uh, Russians, like when I was in Denmark. So I think uh, these factors kind of motivate me. And then because I, I took the uh, EU Russia studies uh, yeah. master's program, so it wasn't compulsory, but I think if you don't speak Russian at all, then it will be so difficult for you to learn anything about the, the Russian foreign policy. So uh, I decided to go to Faronesh, just like um, a Russian region. Uh, not far away from Eastern Ukraine, and I decided to drill my Russian, like spending 10 hours a day learning the language, like for wow. the whole semester, yeah. Okay. And how many languages do you speak now? So basically my mother tongue is Cantonese, and then uh, our working language, like since I was in school, it's English, and then uh, we have to take the Mandarin, it's like the, the, the main Chinese language in mainland China, mm-hmm. uh, Mandarin, uh, and then Estonian, Russian. Yeah, but unfortunately, like, <laughs> I can't say I speak Danish because I, I took like five courses, like in Denmark mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah, so five, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. That's a lot. That's really yeah. cool. So how much do you use, uh, Estonian and Russian daily? Like, do you use them both or equally or how is that? Or do you use more English? I think it's, it's, it's a matter of your social circle. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you spend your time mostly with the expats and surely you will speak English, right? And then if you're like a person who's like me, who, who wants to focus like 99% of Estonian wi- uh, life, then not wife, sorry, Estonian life, then, then, then you will speak uh, Estonian. Uh, but then I think Russian is more, uh, for last time I, or like it, it, the old town, mm-hmm. I would say in the old town, actually I heard more Russians than, than Estonian oh. sometimes. Yeah. But I would, I would. I would push the agenda. I would just, you know, start speaking Estonian in the beginning. Otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, I think it doesn't make sense. And now I don't know, like, I think you wouldn't have to push for it. If you have friends who are Russians and speak Russian, and if you have friends who are Estonians and Estonian, 
But then, no, I, I usually, I would keep emphasizing that uh, Estonian language is a state language. So I would always prefer to speak Estonian before Russian and then English. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so cool. So, so now comes the most, I think, exciting question. Like, how did you learn Estonian so properly? Because the first time we met, we were speaking in Estonian, write emails in Estonian. So how have you learned Estonian? I, I wouldn't say it is, it's a process. It's it's a part of your life. I think this is less about how you practice, like what are the mechanisms, but more about your mentality. If your mentality is that you want to integrate like 200% into the country, then you will spend like hours of listening to the Estonian radio, you watch Estonian news, and then you write in Estonian, even though your grammatical items are quite bad, and then you still like pushing through, you just like keep using your language every single day, and then read the Estonian news. and, And so you keep yourself surrounded by the language itself. So I think this is how I managed through it. I actually, I did it quite badly when I was in university because uh, when I took the A1 and A1.1 Estonian language course, um, we had to do dictations, you know, like you have to write down all the words, you know, the meaning and the like how the spellings were. Um, It it wasn't in my my strongest suit, but you talk about like dictation, you know, Um, so I wouldn't prefer this kind of traditional way of uh, learning. I would uh, put it like more like social interactions. You, you, you go for parties, you, you met up with friends, you, you try to practice with the language. And then I think it, it would take a lot of time for you to do that. Because for me, like I was supposed to have B one uh, in Estonian and Russian, uh, two years ago because I was like setting a goal like, okay, look, two years I'm going to master Estonian and Russian, but then it's impossible. I, I mean, I could manage to speak, but then I, I'm, I'm always like losing one language, you know, because I, I can't like do both at the same time. It's so, so, so harsh to, to push myself to uh, go through all this. So, so at the end of the day, I would say like, okay, I will do Estonian first. And then in my spare time, I'll do Russian if I have more time, you know, to practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really cool. I really admire that you speak Estonian and you try to speak Estonian. And as you said, you put so many hours into like listening Estonian, looking at the news and so on. How would you, what would be your advice or tips for others who want to learn Estonian? Mm, That is, uh, that is really difficult to say because like everyone lives so differently, but I would say like first and foremost, I, I know it's uncomfortable, but then try to meet as many Estonian friends as possible. Even if they speak English to you, try to tell them, don't speak English, let's speak in Estonian. Even if you don't understand 100%, you can understand 50% or 10%. Then from time to time, you will go from 10% to 20 and then to 30. And then in the end, you will manage it. So I think you just need to put yourself in a very uncomfortable situation where you feel like you are an idiot because everyone is like speaking their mother tongue, right? And then you are the only person who doesn't know about it. So I think you need to go to a place where most of them are Estonians and then you make yourself a fool out of it. And then, you know, you just keep uh, listening to them, looking at their facial expressions and how to like interpret their their, uh, body language to see what is the context and then, you know, try to push yourself through it. Um, so I think I'm, 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 uh, more uh, comfortable in speaking and listening rather than uh, writing or, or reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think like you have to manage it first because we, we always can Google translate everything. Right. But then yeah. when it comes to real life situations, you can't say, Hey, Google translate this or that, and that you have to respond quickly. So I would say so. Yeah. Huh. Uh, sorry. And then one more thing, um, music, Estonian rap, new blue record, and these minutes are like everything, you know, the, the top music. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think it, it will help with the intonation and the... Do you sing yourself as well? Uh, no, I, I can't. Like, I, 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 was, I was trying to, to read out the lyrics and, and that's it. I can't sing. It's, it's a shame. Uh, I think I have to okay. work on that because Estonia is a singing nation, so I'm supposed to sing well. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come automatically. Like, I was born in Estonia, but singing didn't, did not come automatically. <laughs> okay. I actually have never really sang. I just started learning singing like one and a half years ago and taking lessons to learn to sing. So I could say that, yes, I'm an Estonian and I can sing. But before that, well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of speaking Estonian, do you have any favorite Estonian expressions or words that you've learned or use? I don't really use it. It's actually, I think it comes from the song of Kara Erik Dauka. It's something like a fastu bandamato. It was just like that. I don't know why it sounds like, you know, fastu bandamato. Yeah, I like that. funny. Yeah. Fastu bandamato, yep. And then I think it comes from my Estonian friend. It's Taisamlup. Taisamlup? Yeah, yeah. Taisamlup. Yeah. How would because you translate you to, that? Well, I think it's when loop is like finished, right? Taitsa mm-hmm. is like a full, so it's like everything is done. It's like, oh my God, uh, uh, it's like totally uh, fully finished. finished. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then um, also it's, it's uh, a song name, actually. I, I actually wrote a column. I mentioned about like that, that phrase. It's called, uh, do you admit that, do that? Do you admit that, don't that? It's uh, uh, it's from Nuku. It's like a song. It's like wow, uh, doing with the tune that, yeah, yeah. And then so it just like it just comes to my mind when, mm-hmm. because I think I listen too much Estonian rap and then, like pop music. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's a good good tip to learn Estonian and practice Estonian. Yeah. So do we admit the tune that means like um, yeah. moods, moods, not feelings, not yeah. feelings, yeah. 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 <laughs> Who are your favorite Estonian musicians, actually? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, difficult question. I think I really couldn't choose one. Can I choose a male and a female and a band? Uh, go ahead. Top three. Okay. <laughs> so male, I, I don't go for stereotypes. I, 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 I wouldn't name any rapper because like, I just listen too much. Uh, I would put, um, quite dull, yeah. <laughs> he's a legendary yeah. Estonian singer. He's a legend, yeah. Because, <laughs> because he, he was also he was also like having this um uh collaboration with uh with the uh Fis Milos that that a only other could say he was like singing the acoustic not the, the piano version like I liked it so oh, cool. much. Yeah. And then he uh, was in the in the uh, in the Estonian uh, the the Estilau as well, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, for quite a couple of times. Uh, so yeah. that that's the my my male favorite. And then like he said something like, uh, <laughs> "Now that now that I look, it, it, it's yeah. a good song." Yeah, yeah. I, I listen to it like every Friday. So. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, so, that's um, so cool. Female, I think, without without a doubt, it okay. should be at least Lenzalo. Oh, <laughs> how come? Why? <laughs> uh, oh, I really wish uh, she can hear this podcast right now because <laughs> um, in 2016, um, you know, after, you know, knowing about Estonia, I was trying to Google on, on the uh, internet, like, okay, Estonian song. And then the first one, it was actually Lise Lemsalo. The, uh, uh, it's, it's called Sino S in front of you. So, so it's like, you know, I like it so much. And then after that, I was just like following all of her songs, like, going oh, through cool. everything that she's saying and, and it's amazing. And, wow. Um, so the fun thing about Estonia is everybody knows everybody. So maybe <laughs> we can connect you with Liz Lemzalo now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because actually I had a colleague who was mm-hmm. uh, in the same school with her, like in Pano. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, actually cool. I do have a connection, but it's like a very weak <laughs> connection. Yeah. Um, um, as for bands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's difficult again, uh, but I would go for Pukhtia Tallinn. Oh, Pukhtia Tallinn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they do a bit of rap, I think. Uh, yeah. Both, or, I or think. Mainly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so any special stories with their music as well? Why? Oh yeah, why yeah, do you definitely. Like oh, I, I think I should have made that person earlier. So, um, so last year I, I was in a birthday party somewhere <laughs> near Hapsalu. Somewhere mm-hmm. near Hapsalu, so it, it's a, it's a birthday party of a friend who studied in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met in a conference, and then uh, he is a very good friend. When I when I saw this friend, I was uh, very shocked and then uh, amazed, and also I was like a little friend boy when I saw him. Um, and he was the the person who went for the SD Lao in twenty sixteen. Uh, mm-hmm. He also. When again in 2021, um, and his latest song is uh, Marcus Melaholia. Oh, yeah. So, you mean Yuri Botman? Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I, I met Yuri Botman in person, and 
uh, at the first hour, I was pretending not to know him, you know, like which duty, I have no clue, I'm a foreigner, you know, and then I just couldn't <laughs> hold it. I say, hey, look, I listen to your song like every single day, I'm not just your huge friend, but actually I can memorize the lyrics and so on. And then cool. we had like a very good conversation about his passion about music, his motivation, why he's doing music and so mm -hmm. on. So I do like, like side shows, you know, behind the scenes and actually, yeah. I think I'm, I'm very honored to, too. And then actually he, he studied Denmark a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I feel yeah. like the next connection with that. Yeah. yeah. And he speaks Danish as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know. Yeah. Much, I, he yeah. has a song in Danish yeah, recently. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. He's super friendly and nice. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, Estonia is so small that I knew him <laughs> a bit before, like he got famous. So ah, okay. I feel uh, <laughs> good about that. Yeah. <laughs> and, I knew him because he studied a year in Denmark with the same oh. program that I went to Belgium uh, with. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's somehow connected in Estonia, which is yeah. cool. So uh, have you started any new hobbies or um, hobbies in Estonia or um, taken part of some traditional things here or something that has surprised you somehow? Had to say yes. But I couldn't say no. Uh, so, well, if, if you can sauna, then then it, it it should be because in Hong Kong we also have sauna, but we don't do it very often, like like the Estonians, uh, because oh. I went for the sauna, the the smoked sauna in uh, in Sarnema, uh this this summer for the for the Yanni Bayer. yeah, mm -hmm. for the midsummer day. Um, so I would say it's it's kind of hobby if I've got a chance to go to sauna. <laughs> Cause I don't have one at my, at my apartment. So, um, but you said in it, Hong Kong, yeah. you have sauna as well. Is that similar concept or is it uh, different? We, it's more like, uh, the electric one in, in the buildings. So it's oh. not like the, the smoke uh -huh. sauna in Estonia. Uh, we always call them, I'm sorry, but it's Finnish sauna and Hong Kong yeah. like that. We just call it Finnish sauna. Like whatever sauna we call, we just add Finnish. Uh, and yeah. Don't ask me why is it on Estonia? <laughs> So yeah, um, um, well, I couldn't really think of anything except, you know, the forest, you know, I think the fact that I can walk in the forest right next to where I live is a, is a, is a blast because yeah, you know, you can just enjoy the nature anytime you want. I, I do like it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, so before we were talking about the language learning tips. But what about, what would be your advice for other foreigners who would want to move to Estonia? Mm. I would say it's, it's quite similar to what I, what I suggested, but, um, but, uh, well, it really depends on the goals. It really depends what you want in your life because there are people who just want to be expats and, and they have no intention to blend into the local community. Uh, but there are those who are so passionate about, you know, everything about Estonia, like, like I personally do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think you should always uh, strike a balance. If you have no clue about Estonia, then that of course you should you should contact the expats who are connected with Estonia and also Estonians or, or, you know, but, but just try to think of the box. I think that is the greatest uh, thing I can, I can, I can advise to, to the newcomers to Estonia. Oh. Just try to explore as much as possible. Uh, we know about the, the sophisticated history of Estonia, but then sometimes, uh, things are not what it seems. And you should definitely explore, uh, different regions of Estonia because every region is different. We do Lala, you have Sanema who can pronounce and then you have Narpa <laughs> with like 95% of Russian speakers and you have like the border region, uh, Valka, you know, with Latvia and so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. I think it, it would take a lot of time to explore, but, but just try not to see Estonia is a place where only Tallinn exists and then you only have the, the old town of Tallinn. That's not true. So mm -hmm. just try to see like broader than, than the old town in Tallinn. Yeah, you have a really nice advantage that you've lived in both in Tartu and that now mm. in Tallinn. So yeah. we already have like two cities to compare yeah, Estonian experience with. And you said that you're passionate about Estonia. So what are you passionate about Estonia? What makes you feel passion, passionate, passion, passionate, what? yeah, mm -hmm. passionate yeah. about Estonia? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm passionate about how the Estonian identity is constructed because as a whole color, like, uh, it's, it's also very sophisticated. It's, um, it's a colonial, it was a colonial, um, uh, place, you know, it was ruled by the British for more than a century. And now it's part of the People's Republic of China. So there are lots of things that are Chinese and like I, ethnicity speaking, like I'm, I'm Han Chinese, which is like the same with the mainland Chinese, but then I feel so different because of the language, the way of life and everything. And then in Estonia, I think there are people who are born and raised in Estonia, but they're not Estonians, Estonians, but then actually they are also so patriotic, even though their mother tongue might not be Estonian, but then they also speak the language. So I think for me, it's always fascinating to see how, uh, identities are being constructed, how people identify themselves. And, and I think the, um, the diversity of Estonia is actually much higher than expected because, well, a lot of people say, okay, Estonia is a, you know, like an ethnocentric nation that, you know, you have to be like ethnic Estonian, you have to speak the Estonian language, your parents come there, you're against, you know, the, the empires and so on. But then actually, mm -hmm. you know, nowadays Estonia has changed. Has, Estonia has joined the European Union for more than 10 years. So there are lots of like exchanges with different European countries and then, you know, people are getting more open-minded and you have also a lot more and more expats because of the digitalization of the startups, entrepreneurship and so on and so forth. So I mm -hmm. think Estonia, you know, is changing. We, we shouldn't just, you know, always like put the same frame on this country uh, over and over again, because we need progress and we have a lot of progresses in, in the past uh, decades. Um, so yeah, I'm passionate about, well, first and foremost, surely the language and then the culture, music, uh, and, and TV shows were not a lot actually, <laughs> like in Estonia, just like a few, I was here yeah. in the past decade and like, yeah, well, but no, but they are like, sure. like we good ones. Like they're good ones. Like there, there's a one about spies and then there's another Which one. Which ones are good ones? Maybe uh, I need new recommendations as well, since I don't watch much TV anymore. Love would just ask It's like, uh, divorce like Estonians. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just find it, you know, if you <laughs> ask me what to explain about Estonian people uh -huh. that then it explains quite a lot about Estonian yeah. <laughs> people's uh, characteristics and all of it. Uh -huh. yeah, it's quite true. And then, you know, there were like sound that and how people were so quiet and not a lot of, uh, conversation, you know, they just stare at each other sometimes and yeah. And, you know, getting drunk in order to speak. And I think like, it's kind of true at some point. <laughs> um, what else? Um, it's like, uh, new bone. It's like zero points. That's, um, mm -hmm. that's, uh, a, a drama about, I, I think it was Russia's, no, 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 it's just, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's about like something like about troubled, uh, kids, you know, troubled teenager in school. Mm -hmm. I think it was in last life. I think it was in Estonia in last life, even on long mistake. Oh, well. and, mm -hmm. and then one more is, uh. Vaka Vesi. Vaka Vesi. Vaka Vesi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've, I've never even heard of those, but I haven't looked at, watched TV for a long time as well. So it's pretty uh, good that you're giving this overview yeah. of what's Yeah, it's Vaka Vesi. Yeah. yeah. But Vaka it, it's, okay. it's, it's Vaka, not Vaka. It's mm -hmm. not fairy, but it's like, I don't know Vaka, what does it mean? It's like... Silent. 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 The sun is water, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And then Silent it is about water. like... Um, it's like a Russian speaking uh, Estonian. So for me, it's interesting because like, I know both mm -hmm. languages and then like yeah. when I listen to it, it's like a mix and I like it. Mm -hmm. I, I like, you know, it's how they blend with, and, and everything is from SD with Alphos, I listen to the Estonian broadcaster mm -hmm. and I watch the shows as well. Yeah. That's nice. That's really cool. Wow. 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 Uh, but if somebody like from back home, from Hong Kong, when somebody asks you about Estonia, what would be three things that you are, uh, telling them about Estonia or your life here? Uh, they are for us everywhere first and, uh, second, um, people are so creative, trustworthy and, uh, open-minded. And third one is that Estonia is a very digitalized country with, uh, the least degree of bureaucracy you can think of. I mean, comparatively, you think about France or like other countries like uh, Germany or Belgium. Mm -hmm. So yeah, two things. Okay, cool. And how would you, Hong Kong, 
Hong Kong people, Hong Kong geese. Hong Kongers, <laughs> yeah. Hong Kongers and Estonians. What are the main differences between them? Yeah. <laughs> I would say a lot of Hong Kongers are street smart. Street smart as in like they, they can, you know, think about like a quick solution within mm -hmm. a very short time. And I'm not saying Estonians are not like that, but I would say, uh, Estonians are more, uh, dark and symbolic is like more modest and, uh, they, they, they don't really like show off the intelligence or anything, but then I think, uh, Hong Kong is more like, you know, they, they sell themselves very well. Like it's like everyone is a salesman in Hong Kong. Well, no, I'm not saying Estonians are not good at marketing, but they're also very good at marketing efforts, right? But then I'm talking about like Estonia is not the Estonian agencies, right? And, um, well, actually we have got more similarities than the differences, I would say, yeah. because, uh, Hong Kongers are not very, um, peach like, you know, we have the peach culture and the coconuts. And I think yeah. Hong Kongers are also coconuts as well in a way, like That's... in the, I, I mean, yeah. I'm an exception. The, but, the yeah. peach and coconut, that's exactly what Katerina from the previous episode was explaining. So what does this concept mean for you, peach and coconut? Uh, like I, what I learned from New Zealand, um, it, it, I lived in New Zealand for two months. Um, so it, it's more like peach cultures, like in 10 minutes, uh, you talk about your whole life to a stranger. And then actually after an hour, you don't even remember the name of that person. Yeah. Okay. To. And coconut cultures, like in the beginning, you look like for you know, cold and you don't want to speak out, you, you, you look a, a little bit rude, but then actually you do care about a person Often you have like enough assessments and conversations that like shared experience with that person. And mm -hmm. I think coconuts are actually uh, kind of coconut in a way that, you oh. know, it, it takes a little bit time to make a friend. It's not like, you know, Americans, like in 10 minutes, they talk about mm -hmm. everything and in outdoors, they don't remember. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's actually quite a huge similarity. And then, and then I think Hong Kongers don't really like small talks, I would say. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's needed in business, of course, but in general, like, you know, small talk is kind of weird. I mean, Hong Kongers don't even like to hug each other. <laughs> Sometimes I find it weird when I hug some Hong Kongers, they, they, they feel, I don't know, it's kind of like a bit pushed back or something, but they don't actually hug a lot. It's much more than I expected. It's kind of interesting yeah. because like everyone says, um, the social distance, you know, between the Estonians was like, um, was like 2.5 meters before the pandemic. It was like two meters. So it's like a uh, half meter less afterwards. So <laughs> it's more like yeah. stereotypical, but then actually Estonians talk a lot, much more than I expected. And Estonians actually talk a lot. In <laughs> That's cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah. I think yeah. like when people are becoming uh, friends with each other, then it's really yeah. common to hug, especially for yeah. younger people. Yeah. So, yeah. But older as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then another thing that I'm curious about is how has the weather been for you? How is the weather usually in Hong Kong and how have you experienced Estonian weather? So in Estonia, people would say they've got three months of summer and then nine months of uh, winter. I would say in Hong Kong, it's more like three months of, I don't know, spring plus autumn. And then, and then the rest is like summer and we have like a very, very short period of winter. So mm -hmm. it, it can get ridiculously cold in Hong Kong because we don't have double glazing and we don't have uh, heaters. So when, when it drops to like mm -hmm. two or three degrees, it would be crazy. Like, like literally the homeless people would be dying. It's, it's no oh joke. My God. Uh, but then, uh, sometimes it would be like, um, a single digits. It's like eight or nine degrees Celsius. Um, and then in Estonia, I do enjoy, unlike most people think I do enjoy the winter. It's cold enough so that I can wear all sorts of clothes I want because mm -hmm. in Hong Kong, you, you just keep sweating and sweating and sweating. It's so annoying for the oh. past two decades. <laughs> um, so I would, I would say Estonia is a little bit better for me, even though as you can see right now, it's not sunny, but, but, but still you don't sweat a lot in Estonia. I think mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. Only this summer was quite hot for. Yeah. Estonians, yeah. <laughs> how did you like that? We had like around 30 degrees uh, Celsius yeah. warm mm -hmm. here. So mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. I, um, 
no, I, I actually, I was in, uh, in Vilnius and Riga, uh, oh. doing the heat wave. So it's like 36 or seven, yeah, it's, it's similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I, uh, traveled in Asia a few, few years ago, then, uh, I felt as well, like I was sweating all the time. And then, uh, I, I thought about it, like in a way that, okay, I feel like an ice cream left in the sun, just melting all the time. And then, <laughs> I was glad to come back to the Estonian freezer, I guess. <laughs> the yes. So I, me as an ice cream wouldn't melt anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I heard that music in Hong Kong is really important for you, or you have some special songs that you would like people to hear. So can you tell more about that? Yeah. Um, long story short, it was in, uh, 2019, uh, there was like uh, six months of protests and then it was like every single day, Hong Kong literally became like a city of uh, tear gas and that uh, pepper spray. And um, so at that time there were Hong Kongers who, who made like a sort of like a protest anthem, but then it's mm-hmm. like a de facto, you know, the Hong Kong anthem at that time. And right now even, uh, it is banned by uh, the Hong Kong uh, government. It's illegal to play in Hong Kong. You will get jailed if you play this in Hong Kong. So that's why wow. I want to use this platform, you know, to let people know that this is a song that is prohibited in somewhere uh, in, in the world. And mm-hmm. I think it is uh, quite emotional to me because um, it's just like the singing revolution. It's like when you hear the song, you, you think about the tragedies and trauma and everything. And it's a dedication to people who sacrifice a lot, like their lives, their future, and their freedom and everything. Um, so I want people to feel um, that that protest anthem is, is called uh, Glory to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And it is so uh, hot-blooded. Uh, fun fact is that uh, I hope there is no one from Worcester Maya, the listeners love from Worcester Maya, <laughs> because like during the, the protest time, I was actually like, you know, at nine o'clock every night, I was like singing the anthem, like at home while mm-hmm. I was like opening the window and like shouting and, and it allows for like a few hours until it entered. So, wow. so this song actually, it's like so personal to me. And then my flatmates in the beginning, they were like, okay, what are you doing? And then they, they were like singing all together with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a bit, yeah. So yeah, so it's called uh, Glory to Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay. So cool. So your neighbors are also familiar with this song now, probably. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh. Yeah, we're going to put the music uh, in the end of this podcast so we can all enjoy it together. And it's great that you said that it's similar to Estonians with the song festival, because yeah. I feel like most Estonians, when we we associate these songs on the song festival immediately with some strong patriotic meaning behind it and Estonia being free and our history. So I think that explains it really well, these songs as well then. Yeah, yeah, because the song uh, we're sang in um, in shopping malls, uh, in schools, uh, in opening ceremony, in in the street, in different places, uh, in in Europe, in America, in Canada, everywhere. Like people were saying, yeah. and then and then um, there's a person called Derek Rebound there, and uh, she's like an Estonian living in Hong Kong. She actually uh, played it like on the Vika um, Radio, oh, not Vika Radio, it's like Radio Gax, it's like Radio 2 on the uh, Estonian National Broadcaster. So it was actually played already in the public, but let's do it another time with the final in Estonia. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But is this, uh, is this something that people sing in Hong Kong or they just listen to it uh, in in private or like, is it similar like we have Estonians with song festival that we mm-hmm. come together and sing it or they just, uh, listen to it? Well, if you, if you, if you can, the, uh, Japanese oriented karaoke as a power mm-hmm. of Hong Kong culture, then yes, yeah, people do like to go there. Like when I was a teenager, I went for karaoke until midnight, you know, it was like such a cool thing. It, it, you can just like spend like hours and hours like singing pop songs, even though I sucked, uh, but then it's like a sale with Jarland. And then I even did it for my birthday and so on. So I think if you, if you say it is kind of your consciousness, then I would say, yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, Hong Kong, it's uh, consciousness, like in making like in our daily life, like even beyond the protests and like demonstrations. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned in the beginning that, um, I'm like a, uh, like an initiator for the pan, uh, biotech projects in other Baltic states that, uh, I was uh, planning to 
to uh, initiate all these like photo exhibitions of the 2019 Hong Kong way and the 1989 Baltic way um, in the Estonian Institute uh, of Historical Memory, uh, the Latvian Occupation Museum, and the Lithuanian uh, Museum of Occupations of Freedom Fights. So uh, out of like these uh, three initiatives, uh, two of them made it. So except Latvia, you can actually uh, see the photo exhibition uh, in uh, Estonia, like uh, at the Partide uh, prison, and then in uh, Vilnius, uh, the, the KGB museum until, uh, that was until Friday, but for Estonia, it's like until 26th of September. And if you can't make it yourself, then you can actually go to the Estonian Institute of Historical uh, Memory uh, website. They have mm -hmm. uh, an online exhibition, it's written in English, so you can actually check it out on the website. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing, um, I know my audience is like uh, English speakers, but then if you want to learn Estonian and Hong Kong about, you know, Hong Kong in Estonian language, then oh. you can check out a book called uh, Mino Hong Kong. Uh, oh. uh, sorry, it's like it's um, my Hong Kong, yeah, mm. uh, at oil. Uh, so it's uh, written by Dele uh, Rebane, uh, a whole uh, Estonian, uh, uh, Estonian who lives in Hong Kong. And uh, so she actually wrote a book about her uh, four years uh, journey, also four years, by the way, in, in Hong Kong. And like what happened, why she went to Hong Kong, uh, how she was treated as a white blonde person. And then uh, also like her experience because uh, she's also a vegetarian and how she managed to to integrate with the Hong Kong society. So I think okay. it's very worth reading. Oh, cool. That's a nice recommendation. So I really like this uh, book series. It's... Uh, Minu series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Minu series. Yeah, I used to read uh, quite many books from them. It's a series uh, started by a couple, like the woman was Estonian or is Estonian and her... Uh, husband at that time was uh, American. So she first wrote about a book about her life in living in America, in the US. It was called Mino America. And then they started giving out uh, or making it into a series of um, gathering stories from other Estonians living abroad in different countries. Like uh, somebody wrote Mino Italia, my Italy, Mino Prantsusma, my France, my Iceland. And now my Hong Kong is also there. So that's cool. Yeah. And they were quite so light cool, reading yeah. and like really um, people sharing their stories, which is, uh, I really enjoy reading. So that's a good recommendation. Yeah. And the project Baltic Way is also cool to, to go and check out in, uh, in Batare prison. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So anything, uh, anything else? Uh, then we'll just like on a side note, you can see the Estonian flag and the European Union flag, like uh, on my back. And then you can see like, you know, the hoodies are like wearing like Hong Kong, it means like Hong Kong, it's like, uh, Hong Kong, the airline, like it's like, uh, the residents of Hong Kong. And, and I find it so cool to blend with the Estonian language and my personal identity is like wearing with like every day. It's a very good. A combination like for me to remind myself like I, I like Estonia I love the country I love the culture and everything but at the end of the day I'm also you know I come from Hong Kong this is something that you can't change it so oh, yeah oh so cool I really love this uh, hoodie that you have <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's cool okay so it was so cool to hear about your stories about Estonia and all the singers and songs you like and uh, all the food stories and so on and now we're going to listen to the song that you were talking about. And before that, I just wanted to mention to everybody listening that Found in Estonia podcast is also on Facebook and in Instagram. So go and find us, like us. And uh, if you have any recommendations, ideas or feedback, then just reach out and write to us. And you can also write to us on foundinestonia.ee. And... Now let's listen to the song. Mm -hmm. 